oh, where I was last year is kind of funny. Like I kind of laugh at myself a little bit. Like I can't believe I was so focused or stuck on that thing or I was thinking that way. I've learned so much. Now I feel so much better than the old me. But then I started realizing, oh, probably next year, I'm going to look back at myself now and think the same thing. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hey, listeners of the podcast, we've put together an exciting community where you can dive deeper into the content of every single episode. And for those of you who join this community from the podcast, we'll give you an access to a course we've just put together worth $500, all yours for free, while we're sending this out to our listeners of the podcast. Simply go to sellingwithlove.com forward slash podcast to be eligible to get this course for free. And we look forward to seeing you in the community. Thanks again for listening. And now, Enjoy the episode. Welcome back, everybody, to the Selling with Love podcast. I'm your host, Jason Mark Campbell. Super excited to bring a good friend and an author that I've seen do amazing things back when I was working at Mindvalley. I've seen him grow. I've seen him expand. And most important, I've seen him impact so many people with the teachings that he does with courses such as Duality and Unlocking Transcendence on the Mindvalley platform. His name is Jeffrey Allen, and I've seen him do numerous trainings whether from the stage or on a digital space where he's really taught people how to use energy as a source to find alignment direction and really move forward in life with more alignment and better connection to your intuition and i started thinking well what happens if you start applying this kind of skills in the field of sales and i'm super excited to dig deeper into energy work and how it can relate to your sales experience how it can help you make more sales build a business that's more aligned and even pick up on subtle cues that could really help you move the needle on the bottom line i'm also very curious in general on what is the journey for someone to go out there and build their own spiritual practice and where did sales come and play a key part in helping them build a platform reach the masses make an impact and do it with integrity So it is with my great pleasure that I bring Jeffrey Alley on the show. Jeffrey, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks, Jason. Thanks. It's great to be here and uh, connect with you again. And it'll be really fun because I don't think that much about selling, but obviously it's happening. (laughs) So we can kind of tease out like what's happening there and why I've been able to be successful without maybe going about it in the way that other people are. Yeah. And this is why I'm so excited to bring you here because I have a feeling this is not like I'm going to go into sales training, but bringing you here, I feel like what you teach can be so well applied here. And I'm going to take an opportunity to actually share one of the definitions of sales that I wrote in my book. And I'd love to hear your opinion, your critique and an expansion of my statement. So here goes. I define sales as an energy exchange between conscious beings. And when you know what you offer is so much more than what you ask in return, love is the emotion that's felt from both the buyer and the seller. I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, I really like what you said there because the couple words stuck out to me like offer. So, you know, the way I think about my business is that I love helping people. When I get to know somebody or even if I just meet somebody for the first time and kind of tune into their energy, I love people just right away. I can feel their spirit. I can feel love for them. I can feel compassion. I can feel their pain too, you know, all these good things. And then part of me 
because we're connecting, wants to help if I can. Is there something I can do to help that person release some pain or be a little bit brighter or just have some more fun or joy in their life? And that's always an offer rather than a sale, you know, kind of in the, I put it in quotes because a lot of times I've thought about selling as pushing rather than offering. And it doesn't have to be. I don't know why I just had that program, right? So from that perspective, I felt like I was pushing something or trying to get somebody to do something that they might not want to do. That always felt awkward to me. It wasn't something I wanted. But when I think about helping people and saying, hey, I, I learned some stuff. It really helped me. Might help you too. Let's try it out. Suddenly, uh, that exchange of love, like you mentioned, becomes the key focus. And so from that definition of sales, I'd say, yeah, I'm all in. Selling sounds great. <laughs> but I think you've got a unique definition there. It's not what most people think of as selling. Which is actually one of the things I'm trying to debunk with my message is I see the heaviness that happens with the word sales. And a lot of us struggle to put ourselves out there to share our gifts, shares our message, especially in the spiritual community. I find it's more of a rare occurrence that I see someone who's doing spiritual teachings and being very abundant doing it. And I see someone like you doing it and it's amazing. And a lot of people look up to you and say, wow, this is what I'm trying to achieve. But there seems to be a lot of blocks along the way. Are there certain things that you've overcome on your journey that you know other people need to go through a similar path? Sure. For me, it's an ongoing journey. I'm still overcoming many things. <laughs> That's just called living, right? But I would say, if I just tune into the energy now, kind of look at your audience, look at where they're at, and kind of get a sense of where I can help, what I get from the audience is that there's an idea about the mental process, that selling is something you need to have a lot of information about, and that there's sort of these best practices and procedures that if you followed them to the letter, suddenly you would be successful. And maybe a little fear that if you didn't follow them or don't know them, that you won't be successful. And I haven't found that to be the case, to be honest. The path that I've taken did not check the boxes that anybody said I should check and probably checked a lot of boxes that people said you should never do that. <laughs> and it didn't matter. Like a funny example, not related to sales, but I was talking at a Mindbelly conference a couple of years ago. You know, I had a 40 minute talk on stage and I was having a good time. And when I got done, a really nice woman stopped me and she said, oh, I just wanted to say great job on your talk. It was fantastic. And I don't know how the conversation got here, but I mentioned to her, I said, I've never taken any kind of training. Well, I think she asked me, where did you train? I said, I've never taken any training for speaking on stage. I haven't read any books. I don't follow anything. I've just practiced and just done what I felt was right. And she started laughing. She said, well, that's what I expected because I'm a professional teacher of how to speak on stage, she said. And I can tell you right away that you didn't do any of the things that you have to do to be successful. And you did almost all the things that you can't do if you want to be successful. And what I would tell you is don't change anything. What you did was perfect. She said, please never take a class on speaking on stage. Don't change anything you're doing. It's just perfect. <laughs> and I was, I was laughing because I'm like, it never occurred to me to take a class. So, <laughs> but, but it was such a nice validation that, you know, for anybody, if you're just being yourself and you're just true to your own message and desires and idiosyncrasies, then the people that you can help will be attracted to you. 
the place we get in trouble is when we try to be like somebody else, right? Like if I try to be like you, Jason, one, I'm not going to be very good at being you. And two, it's not going to feel authentic. Although when you do it, it's totally authentic because it's you. It's good to listen and learn some things, but all that should basically feed into what do I feel drawn to do? What am I excited to do? How do I want to reach people? Don't worry too much about what you should do or have to do or can't do, because those are just things people made up trying to describe their process afterwards. Yeah, it's almost like you draw the line based on the path you've taken and tell, oh, this must be the only way that it works. But at the same time, there's a bit of a catch-22. I don't know if that would be the right word, but when you showed up on that stage, you were at a place where there was a lot of acceptance. And I know you mentioned you're also on the journey, but you're at a standing that you're like, wow, you had an amazing course that's selling incredibly with Mind Valley. And, you know, for some people, they're like, I don't like the place I'm at now. And so I almost feel like the fastest way for me to grow is to model other people's paths and try to learn. But here there's a bit of a, oh, I shouldn't be necessarily modeling because it's going to take me away further from who I am. But who I am doesn't seem to have brought the results that I was looking for. So is there something I need to go and discover? Am I missing something here? Yeah, sure. And I would say that uh, all those things are true. Those feelings are true, too. So especially in my journey, you know, I, I relate best to my journey. <laughs> of course, we all do. But in my journey, like I started out, I wanted to be like a successful software engineer that was married and had a house with a white picket fence and two kids. And I had this American dream that I was trying to become. And I did it. I became all those things and then realized, huh, this doesn't really have much to do with me. I was successful in my career. I was making money. I had the house. You know, I was married, everything. And I was like, this doesn't have anything to do with me, really. And that realization, as frightening as it was, was kind of the beginning of that world sort of you know, collapsing or shutting down and then a new world opening up. But I have to say, like, I just picked another version, another picture of what I thought I should be. Oh, now I'm divorced. So I want to be like a successful single guy, you know, and I want to do this. And, you know, I had this other vision and then I became that. And about, you know, six, seven years later, it's like, wow, now that I feel like I've accomplished that, I realize that didn't have anything to do with me either. Wow. So then I looked at my spiritual teacher and I said, that guy's got it figured out. I want to be like him. So then I spent, it's about seven years for me to get to where I want to be. Seven years investing in that. All of a sudden I'm this supposed you know, spiritual teacher and everybody was looking up to me. And then I realized, oh no, <laughs> this really isn't honestly me either. <laughs> when will this end? And so then I engaged in another round that I'm in right now of like, how do I be authentically myself? Can I be all those things, all those dreams that I had are parts of me, but there's more of me that I want to bring out. I mentioned that story because it's okay to try to be like other people. There's nothing wrong with that. There's always something that I learned in that journey, but it didn't help me become me. It made it help me be successful or made some money or checked some boxes. But ultimately, being ourself comes from listening within, you know, being really grounded, present in our body, listening to that quiet signal that's within rather than this sort of noise that's outside. That's the main switch that we have to make to find ourselves. 
What I love about this story is how even though you went on these journeys and this is an awareness, maybe you've just discovered now or maybe you've had it all the time that each of the past was kind of going in a direction from someone else's inspiration, but you were able to pick up things along the way. And I think sometimes we get a little impatient thinking, oh my God, I'm going on this path and we give up a little too early before we even get the lesson. And I think there's always something incredible going down a path. And I love that you brought up the seven because seven years was how long I worked at Mind Valley, And there was something I discovered on that journey as well. And so this whole impatience to bring the results, right? I wanted to expand a bit more on that, saying that, okay, wherever we are in our journey, it almost seems like we're looking outwards, seeing other levels of success, different ages, different start points, different end points, and wondering that where we are right now doesn't seem to be enough, doesn't seem to be big enough, there should be more. And it's almost like we're trying to fight against the current. And I just wanted to hear your philosophy, especially with this whole vibe of energy. Should we be pushing up against the current for what we want? Right. That's a really great question, Jason. So what's happening there is that as we become more aware, as we start tuning in and just feeling our own desires and what we want and kind of who we are, we will inevitably notice that there's a brighter, shinier, maybe happier or wealthier or whatever, something or version of ourselves that we would like to become. And this is exciting. This is motivating. Like, yeah, I want to be brighter or more impactful or have a cooler house or you know, whatever it is. All those things are wonderful. But these are future visions that I'm having. So for me to compare myself now to that future vision would be silly, but that's what we do. And that's why we feel like, oh, I'm just not getting there fast enough or I'm disappointed because I know I could be here. But I can guarantee that when you get here, zoop, you're going to see here. You're going to see the next best thing. And then you're going to feel a little bit like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not here. And then you'll get there and think, oh, look, there's another me that's brighter and shinier over here, right? If you're growing, and in other words, if you're living, right? <laughs> if you're living, you're growing. And if you're growing, you're expanding into new versions of you that feel more comfortable or somehow like, you know, better, if you will. Once you realize that it can be more fun. So like a practice that I do is the end of the year, I like to sit down and meditate and just kind of reflect on where I was a year ago. And every year I get this same feeling. It, it took a few years before I noticed the pattern, but I get this feeling that, oh, where I was last year is kind of funny. Like I kind of laugh at myself a little bit. Like I can't believe I was so focused or stuck on that thing or I was thinking that way. I've learned so much. Now I feel so much better. I feel like better than the old me, right? But then I started realizing, oh, probably next year, I'm going to look back at myself now and think the same thing. And then sure enough, over and over, and I realized, oh, I will always in the future look back and laugh at myself and just enjoy the things that I couldn't see, the places I was stuck, the things I was trying to grow into that maybe I didn't even need to learn or grow into. <laughs> and like, that's fun. That's just growth. Once I saw that pattern, I stopped beating myself up for not being in the future. If I beat myself up for not being the future me, I can't be the me I am right now. And the only way to get to be that future me is to be me right now. So it's just like, yeah, I always want to grow and become better, brighter, faster, you know, more muscly or you know, whatever your thing is, right? <laughs> and, and that's great. Keep doing that. But where you're at right now is also perfect and wonderful. 
you know, so be patient. Be patient with yourself. It takes time to change, but it's not a waste of time. It's fun. That's the quote, you know, enjoy the journey. It's not the destination, it's the journey. I would change that a little bit and say, the journey is what gets you to the destination so that you can have them both. You don't have to say it's not one, but just the other. Yeah, I love that. And it's something I also share a lot because as you mentioned, some people might even look because I love selling. I have a natural enthusiasm and I've had some people come to me and they're like, I want to learn to sell like you. And I was like, ah, you're missing the point. We have to sell like ourselves, right? And I think there's a lot of different ways we can be successful in selling. And that again, comes from just accepting that where you are now is perfect. So I'm so happy you iterated that. And I hope it serves as a powerful reminder for everyone listening right now, which brings me to zero in a little more on that sales aspect. And I kind of want to go to one of your origin stories. And I don't think I've heard you unpack it, but I do think it was a beautiful expression of how a sale that was very important happened. And I know the word sales was kind of put in a box that you didn't look at, but given the new definition and the frame of offering being opened, you ended up jumping on Mindvalley's platform. And it was actually through an AFES, and I believe it was the one in Thailand. And I feel like it was after a magical conversation you had had, I believe, with Vision that led to one thing to another. So I'd love for you to kind of unpack that series of events from the decision to going to this festival and how it led to getting your publishing deal. Because I think a lot of people are really trying to make things work. But the way it unfolded for you was one of the most magical ways I've seen an author on board with Mindvalley. And you've had so much success while I was there. And I know you continue to have. And I don't think it's an accident necessarily. Uh, no, it's not. There's a beautiful alignment there. You know, so what happened was I'd already been teaching all over the globe, you know, by the time I met Mindvalley, but I was still not really having the impact I wanted to have. You know, I had small groups here and small, you know, small groups in that country and over here. And, and I had success. I could see that I was helping people, but I wanted to help more people. I just love humanity. And I see this suffering that is unnecessary. And I want people, I want to help people get out of that if they can. The same thing you're doing, actually, Jason, you know, you're just seeing people are suffering with this concept of sales. And so you're bringing them a new framework and some tools to stop suffering in that way, because it's needless, right? So I had this desire and I was just tuning in saying, where is my tribe? Where are they? And somebody happened to forward me a website page from Mindvalley, because they were redoing my page, said, oh, just make it look like Mindvalley because they're awesome at this, you know, in that genre. And then I got on Mindvalley's and I kind of saw this AFES thing. It was called Awesomeness Fest. I was like, well, that sounds awesome. So I applied. And now the funny thing is, I actually didn't get accepted, right? So a few weeks went by, I didn't hear anything back. And I was tuning into the energy because I knew I needed to be there. And I realized, oh, I didn't get accepted. So I just telepathically, I just said hello to the person who was reviewing the letters, you know, kind of going through and, and picking people. I said, hello to her. What happened? Because I need to be there. I'm being called to be there. And she said, oh, it was just too long. Yours was so long and wordy. We just kind of didn't get through it. So literally, I took the application. I deleted every other paragraph and just sent it in again. I mean, I didn't even edit the ones that I kept. <laughs> and within a day or two, I was on a call getting an interview and I got in. So sometimes you know, you have to knock twice. That's okay. If you know you need to do something, it's okay to knock again. <laughs> and then I knew I needed to come early. So I showed up two days early. I was meditating in the lobby at the hotel and saying, okay, why am I here so early? There's nothing happening. And I just got really clearly, oh, introduce yourself to Tanya, who's organizing the event. 
and offered to do some healing work for the staff if they need it. And I was like, oh, that sounds perfect. I love doing that. And I love working events. And then go to the bar tonight. And I was like, go to the bar. That's weird. I don't drink and not into the bar so much, but okay. You know, I just do whatever my guides say, right? So I just go <laughs> anyway. And then, so two things happened there. One, I met Vision at the bar. I was just being myself. I wasn't even thinking about a product. It never even occurred to me I could be a Mind Valley author. I was just having fun. And people were coming up to me and I was seeing their energy. And I was like, oh, wow, there's something interesting in your energy. You want to hear about it or you want a little healing or, you know, I was just doing what I do. It's just natural for me. And then somebody said, oh, Vision, you got to meet this crazy guy over here. He's like doing readings and healings and stuff. And he came over and we talked, you know, we had a good time. And then as the festival progressed, I started getting taken up on my offer to help. So if somebody in the staff was having a hard time, I would come in and just talk to them, do a little energy healing, kind of, you know, unpack things for them and help out. And by the end, Vision said, I don't even really know what you do exactly, but I just know that everybody loves you. We all feel connected and we'd love to do more with you. So I left and I didn't even take him seriously. I just thought, oh, Vision's a nice guy. He says that to everybody, which isn't true. I mean, he's a nice guy, but he doesn't say that to everybody, right? <laughs> he doesn't say that to anybody unless he means it. <laughs> I just said, no. About a week later, I'm meditating and my guides say, you need to reach out to Vision today. And if you do it within the next hour, he'll respond. I was like, okay, I don't know how to contact him, but I can probably figure that out. And I'm not sure what to say. So again, I just tuned in telepathically. That's kind of one of my tricks that I use. And just said hello to Vision and said, what do you need to hear for me to connect with you? And he said, just start from a conversation we had so I know the context. I meet a lot of people. Just get to the point and then tell me what you want. What's your offer? I just did that. Those three things reached out real quick. Five minutes later, might have been 10 minutes later, you know, but Vision responds and he copies the head of products there and says, I think we found our next author and sign this guy up. And that was it, right? And then I kind of reflected back at the AFS conference. I did go to the talk where Mindbelly explicitly told all the authors that were trying to get in, we don't make products with you. You would have to make it first yourself. They basically said no to everything. And I just realized it didn't discourage me at all. I just thought, oh, I'm talking to the wrong person. That front door is not the door I need to go through because it clearly has a lot of you know, check boxes I would have to check and then it's not really what I'm doing. So I just sort of went this other way. <laughs> and then later, Vishen even said, he goes, yeah, it's funny. You know, we had a very strict criteria on who could come in as an author and you wouldn't have passed, but I just knew that, you know, you were there and you were the one. And it's funny because it sounds like I was sort of creating these things, but you'd have to hear the other side of the story too. Like Vishen undoubtedly was putting out an energy to attract somebody like me. There was coherence and alignment. And that's why when we met each other, we're like, oh, you know, part of our visions and goals are shared and they line up and there'll be synergy working together. You know, it's not about manipulating. It's about finding the people that you resonate highly with and then connecting more with those people. And you could call that a sale or you could just call that, you know, lining up, right? So a little long story, but you want me to unpack it so I kind of gave you all the details. I wanted every piece of that story. 
because I think there's so much clues to what happens when you actually operate from the frequency that you're operating and you shared some of these tools that I think is accessible to most of us, yet we don't put them into use or we don't even know are available to us. But I knew this story was a powerful one that seemed so, I don't want to say effortless because effort and intention was set, but it was such a beautiful flow on how it happened. And I look at some of the biggest things that have happened in my life such as finding myself work at Mind Valley came from like an office visit with someone just saying, oh, you should send a resume here to same synchronicity. My old boss sent an email saying that I needed to come back and I didn't want to. So I took action. I felt like there was a pulse. So I feel like sometimes these things happen. We don't label it the way that you've labeled it, which starts giving you almost like an understanding that there are things within your control. There are questions you can ask and you're referring to your guides that you would have questions with. And maybe some people listening here are like, what is that? Is that something only you have access to? Is it something I can nurture? And I want to translate this into a sales experience, which is oftentimes we're trying to work with a certain lead, a prospect, and we want to bring it to a close. And I'd love to know what are some of the tools if you were put in that scenario that we could use from your energy work that could directly translate in finding ourselves having more connection and bringing the outcome to something that aligns with the goals we have. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so I'm glad you kind of narrowed it down there. So in, in that situation, what I would do is first I would ground myself. So I would just connect myself energetically to the planet. I do it by just visualizing that I'm connecting my hips or root chakra down into the earth, kind of deeply into the earth. You can do it right now as you're listening. And what this does is it brings me more into my physical body and into the present moment because you can't take any action from anywhere else, <laughs> right? Like this is all you got right here and now, right? You can't take an action in the future or the past. So being in the present moment is going to really help, right? When there's an opportunity, you'll be able to step into it rather than thinking about what you would do if you did step into it. If it did come to you in the future, <laughs> you'll notice it's here now and I have to do is step in. So that's the first thing, be grounded and really present in the body. And then because I'm used to doing it and it sounds ridiculous to many people, I would say hello to the person and talk to them energetically before I talk to them in person. And for me, this is real just because I've had so many experiences where it panned out that what I said was repeated back to me and so on. But if it doesn't feel real to you, it's okay if to just pretend it you're practicing or it's your imagination. Totally fine. You'll get the same results. It doesn't matter. So what you do is just kind of visualize that person out in front of you. And if you know what they look like, that's fine. If you're just visualizing their name or their energy, that's fine too. And then just say hello to them from up here. So kind of on the top of your head from your crown, just send a little hello out to that person that you're wanting to make a sale to. And now this will help you connect with their spirit, right? So you're not just trying to get them to buy something. You're trying to help each other and connect and get into synchronicity with each other or into synergy. Usually what I do is I would ask the person, what do you need to hear? And you'll be surprised if you start asking this, you'll get different answers from different people, even if you think you're not intuitive and can't do this, <laughs> right? Because everybody does it all the time. You just don't know you're doing it. And then follow through on that. If the person says, I need to hear this thing, and you're like, I don't really say that, just kind of try it, try it out. Try saying that thing this time. Try following the script that they're giving you 
you're asking them, how do I make the sale? And they're telling you step one, two, three, follow that script. Right? You can have your own stuff too, but at least include the things they wanted and then pay attention to what happens. Just notice how they light up when you're talking in those points. And when you're off on your important things, maybe they're sort of like, you know, closing down or disconnecting. If you're listening like that, it'll be very easy to guide yourself through. If you're just listening to yourself and your mind and your own script in your head, you're not going to be very effective because you're not connecting. It's the same thing I do when I get on stage. So stage is, I guess you could call that selling too, really. When I get on stage, even before I'm on, I'm setting the space for the room and then I connect energetically with everybody. I send a hello out to everybody in the audience and I tune into them so I can feel them. And then when I'm talking, I can feel if, you know, these people are all falling asleep over here. Okay, I'm being kind of boring. Great. So let me change change a little bit. Oh, these people are getting excited. Oh, I'm going to steer in that direction more because this audience wants to hear this. And if you do this on stage, what you'll notice is there's no stage fright or fear anymore because you're not thinking about yourself. <laughs> you're thinking about the audience. Right? And if you're thinking about the audience, it doesn't matter what people think about your hair and your shirt or whatever. It's just completely unimportant, you know, because you're focused on them, which is why you're there. That's why you're on stage, right? And so the same thing in the sale, if you're making a sale, if you're listening to the person, they'll tell you exactly what they need and if you can help or not. You don't have to try, right? I shouldn't say try, you don't have to coerce, which is probably what we're all feel kind of bad about. Like, you know, even if I could get good at coercing people, I'm not sure I would feel good about that me, <laughs> that part of me. <laughs> so, and sales isn't about coercing, it's about, finding synergy, right? But you have to listen. You have to listen to the other person and then be brave enough to follow what you're getting because it probably won't be what you thought it would be. There is a lot of wisdom in what you just said right there. And I'm so happy I brought you on this session because you have natural sales training tools. We just never label them that way. And what I want to encourage everyone who's listening to this is I'm going to put a link to IamJeffreyAllen.com as well as Jeffrey Allen's Instagram page so you can continue to follow him, be able to learn from him. His courses are so wonderful. And I think for anybody who's in sales, one of the key things that was mentioned in that last part Jeffrey just talked about is how when you're so focused on the other people, you're not as much focused about yourself, your fears, the fear of rejection. All of those are things that typically hold us back in sales. And everything that's been shared here, connecting with them, building that. And I love that you even opened up the possibility that even if you're just doing it as a pretend, it still brings the results. I think this is some of the most invaluable information that you can use when you're about to get on sales calls, do presentations, whenever you're connecting with other humans really, even outside of a sales process, which in my book, I talk about every interaction being a sales process. And so, yes, you're going to be using this all the time. And the journey itself, Jeffrey, I think is a fascinating one to witness, talking a lot about stepping into your own energy, not always trying to imitate other people's energy, realizing that your own path is going to be the one that brings you alignment and success, having the patience, being okay walking down a path and learning things along the way and making corrections as you're going down this journey of life. We're, we're continuously learning, we're continuously growing. And I think being more aware of this energy, allowing us to slow down, be connected, and use some of the techniques you've shared can bring some magical results that are very hard to plan for, yet they guide us to exactly where we need to go. 
This has been a fascinating conversation. Jeffrey, thank you so much for your time. All the best. I'm excited to hear about your new chapter as you're saying you're going into a revisiting as well. And for everybody tuning in, I think these are tools that if you've never considered using energy intelligence in your sales process, he is the man you definitely want to learn more from. Go to the link to his page, discover more from Jeffrey and see how this is going to empower you in building your business, making more impact, getting more sales, whatever it is that you do, keep selling with love. That's great. Thanks, Jason. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.